From the Los Angeles Times, this is Coronavirus in California, stories from the front lines. I'm Gustavo Ariano. It's Wednesday, May 27th. Today, Covina native Eric Valenzuela was getting ready to have a great 2020. This is his first year as head coach for Long Beach State's famed baseball team, the Dirtbags. They had posted a 10-5 record as the Dirtbags headed into league play for the Big West Conference. Then coronavirus hit. The pandemic froze pro and collegiate sports across the world. Major League Baseball is planning to return sometime this summer, but will America's pastime look the same? Think about it. High fives, a tag at home plates, spitting out sunflower seeds. Coach Valenzuela must now deal with a lost year, and perhaps a sport he has devoted his life to now fundamentally changed. Blue Shield of California would like to take this moment to thank the mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, friends, and heroes on the front line. This fight is tough, but so are you. And we're grateful for your courage and your dedication to keeping us all safe and healthy. Thank you. So, Coach, did you ever think there'd ever be a spring in Southern California without baseball? Oh, man. Um, no, I did not. It's, it's obviously... Uh, you know, this is different than it's ever been, and, and we're, we're definitely in a tough spot here. But, you know, it is what it is. It's on a bigger scale, right, uh, of what's going on in the world, and, and we just got to kind of adapt and, and uh, you know, kind of get through it together. So, um, no, I mean, spring without baseball is very difficult, you know, especially when it's your profession. You know, I'm in this thing and been coaching for 20 years now, and so, yeah, it's, it's been uh, kind of difficult. Yeah, no, for millions of us who love baseball, whether Dodgers or Angels or Dirtbags or, you know, whatever team it may be. And, you know, this was your first year at Long Beach State. And you guys, uh, you folks went off to a good start. So at what point, though, did coronavirus enter the conversation for you? Yeah, you know what? It's kind of a unique story here. You know, we were, yes, we had a good start. We were 10 and 5. We were ranked number 12 in the country. We were off to, it was a lot of fun. I mean, Blair Field was rocking. We had our fan support going crazy, you know, making national news. The whole thing was great. And then we're going on our first road trip. You know, we're going to Tulane in New Orleans. And the night before, we were leaving on a Thursday. And, you know, we were playing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series against Tulane on the road. And they were ranked in the top 25 as well. So this was like the national games of the week, you know, and... So I had been in discussions with my athletic director, my boss, Andy Fee, the Wednesday night before, because we were leaving first thing Thursday morning. We're flying out from LAX to New Orleans and stuff started happening where some schools, you know, and other sports weren't going cross country to play games. There has been some cancellations. Some teams were playing still. So it was kind of just that Wednesday night, me and my AD were just talking. We're talking to the president of the school. We are talking to our doctors, our physicians, you know, and we kind of just decided we're going to do it. You know, we're going to go out. I mean, nothing had been set in stone by the NCAA or by our conference. And so at that time, it wasn't obviously how it is now with all the restrictions. There wasn't anything yet. So, you know, we got up and, and we met at, uh, at Long Beach State as a team at like 425 in the morning. Our flight was at 730 on a Thursday. We flew out to New Orleans. And the funny thing is when we get on these flights, usually, you know, I turn off my phone I just work on my scouting report, you know, but this time there was just so much going on that I, I actually paid for the Wi-Fi on my phone and I was communicating with my AD when he, you know, he was back in, in Long Beach and I was, you know, going on Twitter, just kind of seeing, you know, what's kind of happening in the world. And little by little, man, it was like, you know, we're talking about a five hour flight. 
the first couple hours, you can start seeing some things heating up. You know, this program, you know, has canceled their weekend series. This, and, and I also was texting with the head coach, Travis Jewett, at Tulane as well. And he was like, kind of like the beginning of the flight when we were in the air. He's like, hey, we're good to go. We're still fine. I mean, by the time we got to probably an hour and a half left, we were already looking for flights to come back home. Well, what date was this? Man, that was probably, what, the second weekend of March? We land in New Orleans and, you know, series is canceled. We got to get back. You know, I'm talking to my AD, you know, across the country and, and we're looking for flights. And we ended up, we flew in, got in about one o'clock, I think. And, and then we set up a flight for like a 755 flight to come back that same day. You know, we got on a bus. We got some lunch in New Orleans. We actually drove to Bourbon Street and we took a picture. We got out of the bus for two minutes we took a team picture in the middle of Bourbon Street, got back on the bus and drove straight back to the uh, airport and then flew home that night. It was the longest lunch I've ever taken, you know, from a flight, you know, to New Orleans, getting lunch and then flying back in the same day. Yeah, you basically go to New Orleans just for, yeah, for a, for a lunch on Bourbon Street. How do you break it to the players? Hey, guys, uh, not only are we not going to play this series, but we're probably not even going to play for the rest of the year. Yeah, at that time we didn't we didn't know. As time went on, um, you know about the the season and all of that. Um, you know that was very difficult conversations with the guys. You know you have guys that are seniors that are graduating. You know, and and not only that. I mean, from the success. I mean, you know, the year before we got here was a very difficult year for them. Uh, they won 14 games. It was like 14 and 40 something. It was a tough season um, to have the success that we had so fast, being ranked. You know. Um, that high, I mean, all of that was was awesome. And then for it to be taken away from us, you know, it was very difficult for these guys. It's very difficult as a coach, you know, how do you explain it to these guys? How do you talk to them? How do you, you know, uh, you know, you talk to the seniors that their careers could be over with now? I mean, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to be put on these young guys. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of them and how they reacted and, and um, how they went about it. Yeah, I was going to ask you because you're not just, this is not just a, t a sport. You're not just like a manager for a professional team. You're talking to young men. You're talking to students. And you have to deal with, yeah, well, some of them, it's like your career is now is is over. For others, it's like you might have had a chance to really impress the scouts for this season. Now you're going to have to wait for a while. It must be tough. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it really is. And when you're in my position coaching college, I mean, you're, you know, I have 18 to 22-year-old kids, you know, and they're with me more than they are with their parents for the next three or four years of their lives. So you, you have to take this as they're your own sons, you know, and how, how they're going through this whole situation. It's not easy for anybody. Now, if you're looking at it from the outside and you go, hey, this is just baseball and, you know, come on, there's, there's people that are sick and dying in this world. I mean, I get it, you know, um, but these guys invest so much time and so much effort and they've been doing this for their whole lives. And now, you know, it, it kind of just is a way you know, and these guys have routines and how they go about their business every day with school and with working out and baseball and all this stuff. I mean, and, and you know, it's just a tough transition. And that's what we, you know, moving forward, my coaching staff and I have, have really just, you know, built up the communication with these guys, making sure they're doing a great job academically and, and making sure that we're here for them no matter what they need, you know. And so it's just been something new and something that we have to get through. This LA Times podcast is presented by Blue Shield of California.
The fight is tough, but so are you. Thank you, Frontline. This advertiser has no influence over editorial decisions or content. So, Coach, how do you see baseball coming back? Major League Baseball, obviously, is trying to cobble something together. But so much of baseball, like, it's not social distancing at all. The high five, the spitting of the sunflower seeds, a tag at home plate, or even a tag at first base. What are the conversations you're having with your fellow coaches about how baseball is going to come back? You know what? From a Major League level, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I've talked to a lot of friends that are in Major League Baseball, whether they're players or whether they're coaches or, in you know, at the higher ups there. But, you know, that's still yet to be seen, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this 80-something game proposal, you know, backing it up. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with fans. They're not going to have fans. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part about it. I really don't know from a, you know, from a major league standpoint. You know, I don't know when spring training is going to happen. Are they going to keep it to the spring training facilities in Arizona and Florida? I mean, there's just so much up in the air. You know, they changed the draft, right? The Major League Baseball draft is now only five rounds for this year. It normally is 40 rounds. So you're talking there's thousands of, of potential professional prospects that aren't, that aren't going to get that, that opportunity, you know. And so, you know, there's just a lot of change in this world. And when you're talking about college baseball, you know, a lot can change for us. I mean, we don't know yet what's going to happen in the fall for us. You know, we start in the spring of games, but a lot of our work and the bulk of it happens in the fall, you know, in late August, September, October, November. And what about the the fall sports? You know, we have, I think, five fall sports at Long Beach State. I mean, how is that going to go about it? You know, are they still going to be able to have the sports full time? Is it going to be without fans? I mean, there's just so much that can happen. And, you know, so everything's just kind of, we're just taking it, uh, you know, week by week to kind of see what changes. And and hopefully, you know, we can, uh, you know, find something to, to help to cure this and, and we can get moving with our regular lives. And baseball, of course, is not just a game of training. You're not just lifting weights, but you have to throw the ball to someone else. You have to hit the ball and someone has to catch it. So how are your players keeping up with their game? Yeah, and that's a good question, especially you know, our facilities are shut down. So Blair, Blair Field, as of now, is shut down through August 24th. So our boys aren't even aren't even able to work out, you know. And so a lot of them are working out at home. You know, a lot of them are, are whatever resources they have at home, whether it's weights or a wall, you know, where they can throw a ball against it. Or maybe they have a dad or a brother or somebody they can play catch with. You know, they have to find a way. And that's, you know, we have a strength and conditioning coach that does a great job and, and um they have a plan, but again, it's different because some guys have more resources than others at their house and they're not able to get out. And And we want to make sure that they're safe. So we're not forcing them to find somewhere to go or do this and that because that's just not the right thing to do at this time. So, you know, we're just saying, hey, you know, stay busy. Don't sleep in till, you know, 12, you know, 12 or one o'clock. Get your butt up, get do push ups, sit ups, you know, you get, get your work in, you know, um, there's a lot of research you can do online now. There's so much stuff on social media and so many videos and things that you can learn. I mean, we have our Zoom meetings that we do weekly. And, you know, so we're staying on top of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just going to continue to go until we, we kind of figure this out. What do you think this mass cancellation of sports this is not just baseball, of course. It's all the professional leagues. And slowly some of them are coming back. But what do you think this has taught the public at large about the importance of sports in society? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I mean, obviously, 
it's a lot less stuff to watch on TV, you know. I mean, I, I'm hey, I'm a big boxing fan, and and one of my vacations with my wife every year that we do at least once is to go to Vegas and watch a big fight, you know, and that's like our thing, you know. And now you don't have that, and you look forward to watching fights on the weekends, and you look forward to watching baseball games and Dodger games, and you know, I mean, it's it's different. It's a different way of life, man. It really is, and and um, you know, and there's some people that aren't into it, right? They're not into sports, and they don't really care, and it doesn't affect. But, you know, I mean, for some, it's it's part of enjoyment of life, you know, to, to, to root and have a fan. You know, you're a fan of teams and, you know, it's a it's a way of gathering as a family and your friends and you're watching games and you're hanging out and you're barbecuing and stuff. I mean, that's a big deal in, in people's lives sometimes, too, you know, and, and um, I, you know, it, it's just a different way of life at this point. And hopefully it gets back quick. That's it for today's episode of Coronavirus in California, Stories from the Front Lines. Thanks for listening. Do you have a story you want to share with us? Call our hotline at 213-986-5652 and leave us a message. That's 213-986-5652 or email me, gustavo.arellano at latimes.com. This podcast was hosted by me, Gustavo Arellano. Our producers are Paige Heimson and Stan Lee. Our senior producer is Rena Palta, and our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Heflin, and our original music was composed by Andrew Epen. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple. Special gracias to Julia Turner, Shelby Grad, Hector Becerra, and Clint Schaaf. For the latest coronavirus stories by my LA Times colleagues, including an up-to-the-minute tracker of cases across California, don't forget to visit our website. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the LA Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash support LA Times to subscribe. Stay safe and see you tomorrow. <laughs>